0: Hello and welcome to another Real Estate with Wendy podcast. So Gene, you're always in my booth. Tell me, what would you like to talk to me about today?
1: I unfortunately ask you questions off air way too much, but I do have one of our emails in front of me from Ellie B wants to know, I guess she heard my story. What are other ways one can find pre-foreclosure sales?
0: Okay, so I have a few ways to do that, and there's no one right way. There are multiple ways to find them. In your circumstance, one fell into your lap. Your lap. (laughs) My lap. Well, it fell into your lap because it fell into my lap. I had a situation where I had a family member come to me and tell me a situation about her personal life, her personal story, her personal house, um, what was going on with her financially, and what was going on was the bank was fixing to foreclose on her due to a note when she first got the loan. And this was probably back in the 80s, 90s, when everybody was getting loans with balloon notes. Well, the note came due, or the balloon payment came due, and she ended up with, I don't know, 10, 15 grand. It was a huge amount and had no way to pay it. She didn't realize that that was part of the loan to begin with. So when it came upon her and hit her hard, She was shocked and had no recourse. So she called me, of course, Real Estate Wendy. She called me up and asked me for my advice. And I told her there is a way to get out of this situation. It's a pre-foreclosure. And what you need to do is remedy the the foreclosure. You need to pay this money and here's how you're going to do it. I told her I would try to seek out someone who would be interested in doing a business deal with her. And in exchange, there would be, you know, interest and there would be monies involved. She agreed to that and of course here you sit. That is one way to get them. The easy way is when ones fall in your lap. I'm here to tell you unless you've been in real estate for a long long time and been doing all sorts of magical things they do not fall in your lap very often. This is not a normal scenario that happens a lot. Now I will tell you this I have had those same scenarios happen at church. I always tell people, church or whatever you want to get into. Like, I'm not trying to throw religion on anybody, but if it isn't church, maybe the the book club or, you know, your local historic preservation society or whatever you're into. If there's a club or a a meeting place or a a group of people that you can get together with, those people might come into situations that if you talk to them about it, you may find yourself with deals. And here's what I'm going to say case in point on. I was in church in my prayer group women's group just you know minding my own business one of the ladies in my prayer group that I didn't know all that well she had just joined the group but she came to me and said or she came in prayer and said I'd like to do a prayer request because I'm I'm fixing to lose my house to taxes What happened in her case was her husband passed away and the home was in his name. Now, normally when someone passes away, they have a will. It goes into probate. It goes through the court system. But attorneys have to be paid to go through the court system and to have it legally changed out of the deceased person's name and into her name, she had to hire an attorney and pay for that to happen. Well, guess what? She was broke. She was unemployed. She didn't have the money. So it stayed in her dead husband's name and she was unable to pay taxes. Well, they was fixing to get taken for taxes. So she came to me and came to the prayer group and was wanting prayer. And I said, well, let me help you out with this. And I talked to her privately after church and got some information from her. I asked her what her situation was. Was she looking to stay in the house or was she looking to go somewhere else? She told me that because her husband passed away there, she was looking to get out of the house. She wanted a fresh start. She wanted to go somewhere new. And I said, well, how about if we gave you 10 grand to walk away? and paid your taxes. Did all the closing, transferred everything into your name so that you could then sell it to us. We'll handle everything. We'll even pay people to come and help you clean out and move. And she was so happy, so thrilled, because if it wasn't for us, she would not have 10 grand in her pocket. She would not have had help, and she would have been out on the street with nowhere to go. We we gave her the money and the ability to go find something else and to start her life over. That's another scenario. Like I said, you can find them if you open your ears and shut your mouth. You can find them in church groups or in prayer requests. You can find them from family friends, people in, in your own neighborhood. Like you may hear when you're out walking your dog or when you're out, you know, at the gym exercising. You may hear about someone in your neighborhood or your local city who's going through something and that might fall in your lap it's only going to fall in your lap if you're listening and you take advantage of it though if you hear something and you do nothing that's not going to help you another way that i find pre-foreclosures and the best way to find pre-foreclosures for other people who don't have things to just magically fall in their lap you're going to want to go to the bank of course the bank that's where the mortgages come from anyways What I do is I will hit every bank within 20 miles of myself. I'll go to each and every one. I'll pass out my business card. I'll ask to speak to the branch manager or to the mortgage department and I'll tell them, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. I like to buy these pre-foreclosures before they ever even get to the foreclosure process. Could you tell me when people are getting behind on their loans. Could you help me to help you guys to not have to do these foreclosure processes? And of course, a lot of these banks, they will say in public and out loud that they don't do that. Oh no, we don't do that. There's a process, blah, blah, blah. If you make good friends and if you keep, if you go and walk in that office every single week for a month or two, and if you keep harassing them, yes, they will. They will too give you those deals. They will call you specifically when they hear about them. I've had that happen myself. I told my bank lady, Jan was her name, and she was the branch manager at the bank that I still bank at. And I told her years ago, Jan, here's what I do. My name is Wendy. I'm a real estate agent. I am looking to get into pre-foreclosures. I want to buy these and help people out before it actually gets to the point of foreclosure. That way it doesn't harm their credit as badly. That way we can help them before they get into the scenario of having their lives crumble around them, basically. So Jan said, oh, okay, well, here, if I have anything come up, I'll let you know. So I waited and I waited and I went around to other banks and other mortgage companies. It's not just a bank. It could be a mortgage company. You can Google mortgage companies, credit unions, banks in your local area. Call them all. Go in person. Give them your card. You don't have to be a licensed real estate agent and pass out your card to the banks and let them know, hey, I am an investor. I buy these types of properties. Contact me when you have them, and they will do it. If you harass them enough, they will do it. You have to make this your full-time job. If you're an investor, this is what you do. And if you're not able to do that, you might want to hire a professional. That's how I get a lot of mine. I go to different banks in my local community, and I tell them what I do. I tell them that, you know, I'm getting this deal or, or that deal if I can, and then we just run with it, and we close. Again, Jan gave me a scenario, my bank manager. She called me up one day. She said, Wendy, I've got these people. They are fixing to lose their house and they are so upset about it. Maybe you can help them. Could you give them a call? So I got their name and their phone number and I called them up and I said, hey, I'm Wendy. I heard from Jan at the bank that you're in trouble. Tell me what's going on. So they told me a long story about how ever since their mom and dad died, they did put the property in their name, but then the one gentleman got disabled. The other gentleman, he had a little bit of a substance problem, I believe, and they were both unable to work. They were both unable to keep up with the payments, and it just fell into disrepair. It fell into a situation where it needed a huge gut remodel, and it was pretty rough, They had animals in the house, and it was just, it it was unbelievable, really. But for the price, I told them, look, all I can do is help you get out of your mortgage and give you just enough left over so you can go find something else to buy, something else to do. I'll even help you find that property. I'll find something that makes sense for you so that when you're out of this, you're not having to worry about where you're going and what you're doing. I'll put you in the next place, make sure you have enough money to pay for it, and you're secure. You're not having to make mortgage payments because you're paid. So that's what I did. Um the mortgage on that I believe was 58,000 on a property that at the time it was worth maybe 140, 145 in the condition it was in. I got the mortgage for 68 and I told them I'd pay it off in cash and I would give them $15,000 in order to get out go find another place. I also found a property, like on a quarter of an acre, with a trailer on it that they could buy for $15,000. Or maybe it was seventeen. I helped them out. I helped them get that scenario. Sure enough, they got it. They bought it. And that situation worked out for them. I ended up flipping that property, flipping that entire deal, wholesaling it to another investor because it was out of my price range, first of all, out of my expertise as far as it was a log cabin and it was a huge project. It had many things going on. It had an in-ground pool that I had never, you know, it just scared me. The project scared me to do alone. So I flipped it to a friend of mine who's also an investor and she took that, I gave it to her for 120, I want to say, Made myself a pretty penny, used that to pay off another property of mine. Then she went and took that hundred and twenty and turned it into a three hundred and eighty thousand that she made cash that was cash. Her profit was three hundred eighty because she went in and she did it up to the nines. I mean, she turned that place into a palace. And it was in Happy Valley on the lake. So a very, very, very sought after, desirable area. I knew I would kick myself when I gave her that deal and or sold her that deal. And I knew how much money potentially was to be made on it. But instead of me making it, she made that money. She made a pretty penny. And then immediately upon that one deal, that one deal, Jean, she immediately retired and went to Florida. Living in Florida to this day in a happy state of retirement on her own yacht.
1: So you helped out the pre-foreclosure people. You helped out yourself. And you really helped out the last person on the line, too.
0: Yes. And the reason why, you know, I still sleep at night and I don't think, oh, no, I missed out on, you know, this opportunity is because there was a lot of work involved. And I was there to see the work that she did and the amount of money that she put in. She probably put in 120000 of her own money to fix the things that need to be fixed, to do the, all of the many, many the roof, the pool, the landscaping, the interior, the yard work. There was just a ton of stuff to do. And I did not have that $120,000 of cash capital. Theoretically, maybe I could have found it somewhere or finagled or or done something. He locked a property, but I did not want to put that amount of risk into it. It just was too big of a thing to bite off for me at that time, but I knew that for her, She was already well enough off and into her own business that it would be something that she could easily do. And she could easily make a profit. And she's a good enough friend. You know, that was something that I was like, here, here you go, you can do this. And she certainly did. And that did, that was the one project that propelled her into a beautiful retirement.
1: Are those the only ways, pretty much word of mouth, bank, mortgage company, to find pre-foreclosures?
0: Well, those are the known, most of the known ways to get pre-foreclosures. Generally, all pre-foreclosures come from a bank. There are other ways. Like, first of all, you can Google some things. And there are online apps and websites that you can access certain information, both locally, county level, state level, federal level. And if you have access to those websites, then you can certainly get information from there. Those are not websites that everyone has access to. Those are usually reserved for like attorneys. Attorneys can get things like warranty deeds and pull the deeds. They can pull the security deed and find out how long is left on that deed, how much is left to pay, whether or not it's in default. These are things that savvy people, savvy business people, they they don't, they're not savvy. They just hire the attorneys to do it for them. Outside of that, I would say, yes, there are a couple of other things that I would say might be done. We talked about private money and and hard money. Hard money lenders get foreclosed on too. You can call those hard money lenders and you can say, hey, do you have anything that's about to go into default? I can help you remedy that situation. Hard money lenders have situations Happen to them just like the banks do, where not everything works out exactly like it was supposed to. And sometimes they don't want to keep the property. Nine times out of ten, an investor, a hard money lender, is going to want to get the property. So if they, you call them and they say, "Yeah, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and keep the property. Nine times out of ten, they, they might do that. But sometimes, and some hard money lenders do not want to keep the property. I've got three hard money lenders myself that I dare not give their names because those, are my guys and you'd have to pay me thousands for me to give out those names I know that they if it's not a property that they want to keep in their portfolio they will definitely wholesale it or sell, you know give me that deal and wholesalers that's another thing I didn't even think about if you contact your local wholesalers they too are a good source of where do I get something that you have in your inventory that is about to be foreclosed on
1: well this has prompted me to have a question. Is there anything else like a pre-foreclosure like in my situation that we've already described on another show where it's low money up front for me, maybe a quick turnaround, maybe not, that if, you know, one thing fails it's beneficial to me, another thing fails, you know, their milestone fails. What else meets that criteria of I only want to put my toe in the real estate market. I don't want to start managing rentals.
0: Have you ever heard of short sales? Short sales is another one that we'll have to talk about in another future podcast because that is a whole different topic. There are short sales. There are foreclosures, pre-foreclosures. There are deals that you can work out directly with the bank that there's not even a term for it, but you can go directly to the bank and work out negotiations with them and have the arrangement with them for that dollar amount versus having it with the client. For example, in your case, instead of dealing with your lady that you deal with, you could have worked that situation out with the bank and dealt with them directly and them been your client. But I don't trust the banks, so I'm glad you did it the way that You did it. I would not have suggested that scenario for you because they are much less, they're just all about the money and screwing people, in my opinion. That's just anything. No offense. Okay, so to wrap up, there are lots of different ways that we can go about to get these pre-foreclosures and to get our little toes wet in investing process. And let me recap by saying this too. When we're doing pre-foreclosures, we're not buying necessarily the entire debt, the entire house. In your case, Gene, you just purchased the amount of debt that was the balloon payment. You did not purchase the entire house or go into a contract to purchase the entire house. What you did was you went into an agreement that was to get a loan for the balloon payment. The balloon payment would then be paid off in monthly payments of X amount over however many years until now another balloon payment will become due. And at that balloon payment time, if the money is not paid back in full, then you can foreclose on the house because of the type of loan that you got. Again, I would say that these types are just buying the balloon payment or the amount that is owed or behind on the mortgage. You can get those from the bank. You can get those from the mortgage company. You can get them from private lenders. You can get these lists. And there are lists. It's not just one or two people that are in default on these things. People go into pre-foreclosure and into foreclosure every day. Hundreds, thousands, lots and lots of people. So they have lists that you can just work the list, research the list, find which ones you want, which dollar amounts you want, and purchase those only. Or you can take the entire deal and you can buy out the entire deal on those same, those same ones. Again, it depends on the scenario, depends on the situation. Some people want to be done with their home and be out, like my situation on Happy Valley where they wanted to buy something completely different. In your case, it was just help me out with this loan and I'm going to buy you back out at the end of the, the term. Again, you could easily end up with the house if that term expires and you're not paid off. And that's what, of course, we all look forward to having. Kind of like going to the tax sale, you know, at the end of the term, you could end up with a house. This is going to depend on what type of a scenario you set up in the initial process. It depends on what type of a contract you write up. It depends on if it's structured to be just a loan right now or if it is structured to be the purchase of the entire deal the entire property and that's all in how you set up your arrangement your contract your deal with that person sometimes it makes sense to do it one way sometimes it makes sense to do it a completely different way and you're going to have to run your own numbers and make sure that your numbers dictate what you do the best profit to do it whichever way Okay, Jean, you said we were just talking about how during the break, how you liked to have the rent that comes in every single month on this pre-foreclosure of yours. You enjoy getting the mail and seeing this rent check come in that you don't even have a property. You don't even own a piece of real estate, but you're getting rent and you are. You're receiving a check every month of passive income for a property that you do not own. And I find that miraculous. But let me tell you another story that this reminds me of. I've got a friend. (laughs) You're going to, this is going to blow your mind. I've got a friend who was in a situation where they were getting kicked out of their house. And it was in complete disrepair. And they were in a situation where they were living in squalor. And so I thought, hmm, you know, I wonder if this other friend over here who has a camper, not a house, not anything, but, you know, it sits on this little piece of land. And I'm wondering, hmm, I wonder if I can rent this camper to this friend and me make a couple of hundred dollars every month on this particular transaction. Because otherwise, like, the place that this camper sits, it's not like you could normally rent this out. It's not like it would normally be a passive income scenario. However, in this situation, because I know this person well enough, I felt like, My other friend would feel comfortable enough to put this person on their property and live basically right beside them because the camper's right by his house, (laughs) but he rents this camper out for $750 a month. He gets it every single month and only because I saw the deal, I saw a situation and a scenario where this person needed something, this person was needing something, each had what the other needed and we could do a business deal. A lot of pre-foreclosures are like that, Jean. When you hear of someone who's struggling with whatever it is, if it involves real estate, I tend to perk up my ears. Even if it doesn't involve real estate, even if it involves a vehicle or a camper, I tend to think of it as real estate and try to do a deal. (laughs) So I did. I rented out that camper. It is still currently rented to this day. That same person is still living there, still paying the rent there, totally happy, And that was a scenario that the person who owns that camper never in a million years even thought of having someone as a tenant on something that's not even real estate. It's not even like your situation. It's not even a house. It's not real estate. It's just a scenario where they're making money on an idea.
1: Right. My rent check is not really rent. I just call it that because it comes monthly.
0: Exactly. Thank you all for listening to another Real Estate with Wendy podcast. I would like to ask everyone, if you have any questions, please reach out to Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any kind of real estate questions, whether they be about property management, tenants that are disgruntled, how to buy, sell contracts, amendments, anything having to do with anything really, just give me a shout out via email and I will try to get all of your emails answered and hopefully we can do a little show to do Q&As and I can answer all of your questions on air. Thank you guys so much.